This is Rise From Your Grave podcast, where movies go to die, but we are here to bring them back to life. Please join us as we take a walk through the graveyard. Welcome back to the graveyard, everybody. This is a very exciting episode for both of us. I don't know if you can tell, but we might sound a little better in this episode because... I figured out how to record two or more microphones at the same time. <laughs> so Elena, test it out. Give us. Ooh, look at me. I have my own microphone. Woohoo! Do you feel professional now? I feel very professional. <laughs> um, so yeah, I hope we feel, feel, I hope we sound. <laughs> very, I mean, hope we feel good. I hope we feel good too. <laughs> I hope we sound crystal clear and yeah, I'm just, I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. So, that's all the news I had. I didn't really have anything else. Um, It was my son's birthday over the weekend. And, well, we were going to go play mini golf yesterday because there was 0% chance of rain. (laughs) And then, of course, as soon as we're about to go play, downpour. It's like, well, that's okay. We played arcade games and he did the laser tag. So, he still had a good birthday. I like Sayo Island. It's super fun. It is super fun. Um, but I paid for like this big, like birthday mm. package thing. So we still have like so many more free games oh, of like mini golf sweet. and yeah, any, like any of the attractions. So we'll definitely be going back oh, soon. Nice. <clears throat> um, so the movie this week is Disturbing Behavior. Uh, it was made in 1998. Yep. Who were the actors? James Marsden and Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Yeah. Was there? Um, there's like Nick Stahl, Stahl, Stahl. Um, who else did I recognize? Nick Stahl, I knew, like, who played Gavin. Okay, I feel like yeah. I recognized him, but I don't know what else he was in. Uh, Bruce Greenwood, I've seen him in other things. He was the Dr. Caldecott. Oh, okay. Um, I think he was in, um, oh, who's the guy? Mike Flanagan, who does all the, um, Mm -hmm. I think he was in one of his movies. And then, oh, the little sister was in Ginger Snap. Yes, that's who it was. (laughs) I'm like, I know there was somebody else that I recognized. That's so funny because when we watched Ginger Snaps, I'm like, I know I recognize that girl. And I was like, oh, she's a little sister in Disturbing Behavior. So that was, you know, however months ago we watched that. So that was interesting. Ethan Embry was uh, the older brother, Alan. Uh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I recognized him too, but I couldn't think of what else I've seen yeah, him in. Yeah, Can't Hardly Wait is like the main one I was thinking of. Like the other, I don't think ni- I've seen that oh, one. Oh, it's like a 90s like party movie. It's funny. Yeah. Speaking of 90s, I'm, this movie <laughs> was very 90s. Katie Holmes, like punk. Oh uh, my God, so hot. <laughs> like dirty pump shit punk chic <laughs> but the like the music was very yeah. 90s but the songs that they chose like at certain times was like why that is an interesting music choice for what is happening right now uh the one song is like the flagpole sitter like harvey yeah <laughs> yeah i'm like that is uh, okay paranoia, paranoia. Yeah. it was like a very serious kind of moment and they throw that song in there i'm like that was very interesting yeah. but also very 90s at the same time (laughs) so this movie i didn't i don't know what other movies he's directed but david nutter 
<laughs> Did he direct any other 90s David Nutter. movies? Let's see. Um... Yeah, we're not very prepared. I was just so excited about these microphones. I didn't do right. any research about the movie last night. I did my research. I just didn't happen to look for uh, No, it's okay. David Nutter. Uh, huh? Director and producer known for Game of Thrones. Oh. The Pacific, which is that like like war documentary or no, oh, okay. mini series or whatever. I was thinking like Pacific uh, Rim. Isn't that like a, a alien movie or something? That's what I was thinking too, <laughs> but it's like the one that's like uh, uh, um, the other band of brothers. That's oh, like okay. Other. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Flash. Game of Thrones. That's good for me. Oh. Uh, Smallville, Shameless. Oh, Shameless. Uh, he's done a bunch of stuff. Homeland, Arrow, Entourage. Like, he's done a ton of stuff. Okay. Good for him. All right. Well, there yeah. You go, David Nutter. There you go. With a name like that, <laughs> you can only be a director, right? <laughs> Nutter. <laughs> so, unlike uh, most of the other movies that we've watched, this movie just straight up opened with the credits it didn't go into any kind of intro it just went right into the credits which was i don't know different oh, yeah, yeah it was just <laughs> straight to the point and how this movie was like what an hour and 20 minutes or something uh yes. it wasn't very long no which, which thank god because i one hour and 33 yes, minutes yes <laughs> perfect 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 um so yeah so again open right up with the credits and then it goes into our first scene, which it's... Do you want me to do the synopsis? God damn it. I always forget. <laughs> yes, synopsis. Go. I have a long one and a short <laughs> one. Uh, let's do... Well, which one doesn't give too much away? Um, I'll give the short one and then we'll do the long one after we uh, okay. talk about it. This one's short and sweet. The new kid in Cradle Bay, Washington, stumbles across something sinister about the town's method of transforming its unruly teens into upstanding citizens. That's a good one. That's good. There you yeah, go. Yeah. It doesn't give too much away. Nope. So, yeah, we, um, the again, very 90s. We are going to be introduced to a lot of cliques and stuff mm -hmm. in this movie. Um, so it's like your typical teenage, like, uh, jocks versus, like, the the stoners yeah. or, you know, yeah. the, the unruly <laughs> kids. But, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of the theme of the movie. Oh, he also, David Nutter also uh, was a director and producer in the X-Files. Oh. Because this is kind of really X-Files-y. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll get into it, but I, I do still have questions about this movie yeah. after watching it, but we'll break it down. So, first scene. It's nighttime. You see this car parked down by this dam. And, of course, it's a teenage couple making out. Guy and a girl. The girl's name was Mary Jo, and the guy was Andy. Yes, Andy. Um, they're kind of making out, and suddenly the guy is just not really into it. Like, he seems like his head's somewhere else. Like, he just isn't into yeah. whatever's going on. And he starts talking about, oh, I got a big game on Friday. So, okay, we're thinking football player. He's a jock. And then he says something about he needs his fluids. Whatever the hell that means, I don't know. Is he <laughs> Mary Joe's like, what the fuck? Fluids? What are you talking about? And she kinda like she puts her foot up on the dashboard and her you can see like this very visible tattoo on her ankle and So she's a bad girl. Oh, she's a, <laughs> and 
the guy's like, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> just like, I don't know, because I like it. He goes on to say like, oh, that's self-mutilation. Oh, well, then she's like, well, self-mutilate this. And then she's <laughs> she starts going down on him. So he's getting a blowjob. Now he's into it. Now he's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> whatever. You can do this. Um, while that's happening, you see this other kid walking by with his dog and they stumble upon this car and as soon as they the this guy and his dog see the car they see a cop car pull up and suddenly when this cop car pulls up the jocks guys like Andy's his eyes turn red yeah and he suddenly gets enraged about something and um next thing you know he's just breaks the girl's neck (laughs) and calls her a slut on top of that (laughs) okay so this part my husband I was like oh we get to watch disturbing behavior this week he's like which one's that and I was like explaining it to him because we watched it together uh within like the last year probably He's like, oh, is that the one where the chick's going down on that guy and then he cuts her head off? I'm like, not exactly. <laughs> but yeah. Just cut her head off. Is that all he remembered? <laughs> That's all he remembered. <laughs> I will say this is probably uh, the most graphic thing that really happened throughout yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. I don't think it got much more no, graphic no, no. than that. Um, I think there was only one curse word. Yeah, it's not. And it was like at the very end of the movie. What was, I think this was PG-13, wasn't it? Um, Or was it rated R? I I can't remember. Uh, Oh, no, I didn't put it in my notes. I'll look it up real quick. It's okay. Yeah, keep talking. But yeah, so calls her a slut. (laughs) So she's dead, obviously. Um, uh, The cop... still intact. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) It's it's not completely cut off, but yes. (laughs) So the cop comes up to the car. It is rated R. Is it? Hmm, probably just because of I don't know. Yeah. Oh, eh. I'm like, was there nudity? But I guess there kind of, sort of. Oh, because there's booby. There is a little boob, uh, little side boob, but I don't know. Whatever. Um. Okay. So a cop comes up to the car, knocks on the window, and he's like, "Oh, Andy, you know this this cop knows the football player, the mm-hmm. star football player. Is this is this like um." assumed to be like a small town uh like, yeah. where like everybody kind of yeah it's a it's described as a picturesque island community that's right it is on an <laughs> island because we as we'll see later the only way on and off is this yeah. ferry cradle bay yeah. cradle bay <laughs> yeah i don't know if i'd like that i would be like very anxious like yeah. i can't just leave when i want to i don't like that yeah, yeah it is yeah i no. Yeah, because, like, what if you if you wanted to leave, you have to, like, get your car on yeah, this ferry just whole, to, like, go yeah, yeah, across. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's, that. like, too much. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, the cop and the Annie start talking about the game. Um, there's this other cop that is looking inside the car and suddenly sees the dead girl, Mary Jo. And Andy realizes that the cop sees what happened, and so he grabs the gun off the off of one of the cops i don't it was too much it was too fast going on but anyways he he ends up getting a gun shoots the other cop and continues to say he needs his fluids whatever that (laughs) means um the other cop that that knows everybody in the town he's like tells andy to get out of here pretty much he'll he'll take care of this 
And so he takes Mary Jo out of Andy's car and then Andy leaves. And so the cop is basically like covering for him mm-hmm. shooting this other cop and for the death of Mary Jo. Yeah. So what the hell's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, crooked, crooked cops going on. I don't know. And of course, while all this is happening, there's still that other kid up on the cliff mm-hmm. that saw this whole thing. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so just know that, yes, there, there is a witness to all of this. Um, the next scene is we see a brother and sister, Steve, and his little sister is the girl from Ginger Snaps. Yeah. I can't remember what her name was in this movie. Did it ever really uh, say? Yes. Um, I know I said like later on. Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay. That was not what I was thinking, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so big brother, Steve and little sister, Lindsay, they're on a boat. They're on the ferry and she's talking about she can't wait you know, it's going to be better wherever they're going. And this was kind of like strange and I seemed out of place. Like it didn't really go into any more details about it. But Steve is kind of like looking down into the water and suddenly there's an empty rowboat. Did you see that? Yeah. I'm like, what was that all about? But it never explained anything. I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) whatever. Um, kind of ominous so i don't know if that just gave steve some weird feeling about this place but um turns out steve and Lindsay and their family they're moving to cradle bay from chicago and you know there's uh like a a boat person that works like with the ferry or whatever trying to like they you know get in the u-haul and everything ready to go to their new house and he's like you know, I'm sure you'll like it and you'll never want to leave and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just a perfect community. Yes. So, yeah, they get the U-Haul. They go to their house. They start unpacking. Um, when they're inside, it shows Lindsay playing with, like, this alien autopsy game yeah. thing. I remember my yeah. cousin had that <laughs> same thing when I was a kid. and like I, I remember the commercials for it. Really? Yeah. It was, th- it was so cool. I don't know. It just, like... <laughs> perfect nostalgia for that time um and you see so she's sitting there playing the game and she's obviously just trying to make herself at home Mm -hmm. steve is kind of just sitting in his room just kind of staring at the wall just not really wanting to unpack i think and his dad comes in and asks if he's nervous about his first day at school and steve i think is just he's still kind of trying to like process this whole moving new school, new house thing. Mm -hmm. He opens up a box and stumbles across some old photos and you see him in these photos. It's him and another boy, which um, we come to find out later that it's actually his older brother. Yes. Um, That same night he has a nightmare where it is, He's having flashes of the older boy who was his brother. Something he was, his brother was saying something like, don't, I already can't, don't worry about snakes in the garden when you have spiders in the bed or something. Mm. And like, oh yeah, I didn't write that down. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's a lot of things in this movie that I guess if I sit down and think about it would make more sense. But like, just a lot of random little things that they don't really explain why maybe they just showed that to say he was like 
watch out for yourself and yeah because did you put like what happened to him i will later when we get to that part but yeah but yeah so just know that he's having flashbacks Mm -hmm. or dreams nightmares about his brother um so the next day it's steve's first day at school He's in English class, and this teacher was kind of, I didn't care for this teacher at all, but <laughs> he introduces Steve, you know, saying that he's from Chicago, and then didn't he say, like, do you, did you read Dickinson in Chicago or something? I don't know. It's just like, like, this teacher was trying too hard to be yeah. cool yeah. and sarcastic, <laughs> and like, it was just not it's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we get introduced to the bad boy, Dickie. Um, he's just one of those just rebel type kids who couldn't be bothered you know he shows up to uh, class late goes and sits down him and the teacher start going back and forth bickering about something the dicky calls him a peckerhead <laughs> and um, which totally reminded me of my grandpa because i've heard my grandpa say that before <laughs> but basically you just start shit with one of the jocks and they start fighting in the classroom he gets kicked out and that's that whole scene. I don't know. Um, then we go, it's lunchtime. Steve is sitting at this table by himself. And these two boys come to sit down with Steve. And now we get introduced to Gavin, who is the boy that witnessed all that, that scene in the with beginning. The right, yeah. with the cops and Andy and Mary yeah. Jo. And then his friend, UV, who has no pigment in his skin yeah. like he is like very he's albino. i mean he's he's just supposed to be albino or i think really so pale? i think he's supposed okay. to be albino but UV, that makes sense yeah, yeah uv <laughs> interesting nickname <laughs> um and then they're talking about oh yeah they're uv was smoking or they're both smoking and he's high and blah 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 and then we see this girl walk by um what was it Lor- lorna Oh, um, Laura. uh, Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. I think it was Lorna. Laura. It wasn't Laura. I don't know. Lorna sounds right. Lorna. Okay. (laughs) Well, Gavin has a crush on Lorna, but it's never going to happen because she, again, is like one of like the popular girls, hangs out with the jocks. She's just too, too good, I guess, for Gavin because Gavin and UV are kind of like the, um, I wouldn't want to. I don't want to say like stoners or druggies, but they're definitely like the like misfits. The, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. misfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just them too. They kind of just hang to themselves. There's really nobody else that they get along with or you know hang out with. Um. So, Gavin is kind of just introducing Steve to all of the different cliques in the school. So this is your typical '90s movie scene where it goes. It very like now like a, a movie the younger generation might know is like Mean Girls like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> go around. So we got we got the Motorheads, you know the the mechanics, the bad boys, carjacks. There you go, carjacks. Um, then we got the nerds, and then we got the skaters, and then they don't call the jocks the jocks. They call them the Blue Ribbons. Mm-hmm. And this group of kids is going to be our main antagonist it was lorna by the way lorna okay yep so the blue ribbons yes they're the jocks they are the 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 preppy goody two-shoe type kids um 
and I, I don't, I'm sure other things were said about this group, but I, of course, didn't write any of it down because I was trying to pay attention to the movie. It's really hard to write notes while I'm watching this. I always type it because I can't, it's too much to write. <laughs> I feel like if I were to type, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I do type fast, but I don't know. Maybe I'll try it next movie. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it gets to a point where I can't even read my own handwriting because I'm writing it so sloppily because I'm trying to go so fast. <laughs> I know. I'm too hungry for that because I'm like, I ain't doing that. That's yeah, right. <laughs> um, so the next scene, I think it's like after school and we see the bad boy Dickie. He leaves school in his nice red souped up car, you know, driving off fast. Yeah. And Steve's just kind of watching him go. Um this movie does move really fast too like the Mm -hmm. scenes don't last very long so it's like it's going from like one thing (laughs) to another yeah so now we're at home it's dinner time Lindsay has already made a friend she has a girl over they're practicing for the spelling bee um uh, steve's mom i kind of missed what was happening here but steve's mom calls him alan or slips up and calls him Alan yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. And we come to find out that Alan is actually the, the older brother who had died. Yeah. And the dad doesn't want to start on this conversation because I think um, Lindsay's friend was saying, like, I thought your name was Steve. And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah, Alan Alan was my brother's name, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, yeah, I had a grandfather who died. Or, you know, just trying to, like, sympathize. Relate, yeah, 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 relate with him and... The dad's like, I don't want to talk about this. And Steve kind of got upset about the dad not wanting to talk about it because, you know, he he gets up to leave because he's upset. And yeah. he turns to the girl and he's like, were you ever told not to talk about your dead grandpa? And like, yeah. So, so now we kind of get a feeling on why Steve is upset mm-hmm. for, we don't know if this is, at this point, we don't know if this is why they had to move, but we know that he's upset about his brother dying, and um, it seems like it maybe it wasn't that long ago that he died, and nobody really wants to talk about it, but Steve, I guess he feels, I think he feels like he doesn't have that closure. Like, right. he's, he's still grieving. Right. And everybody else is just trying just to... to like- move on like, about it let's not talk about it like it's hurtful no i think you really need to talk about those kind of things like it's not healthy to bubble up right inside about it you know you right. need to express it you know right but and yeah that'd be really hard yeah nobody else wants to kind of go into it yeah um the next scene we see dicky again it's nighttime and he drives to like this um it's like a, a pier or something mm-hmm. and he was Meeting somebody there for some Mustang parts, which way to like, <laughs> like reel them in. Yeah, we're going to get him some Mustang parts. And of course, he's like, um, he's calling out. He's like, hello, I'm here for the parts. And all of a sudden you see all all the jocks come out with flashlights and they circle them and beat them up for whatever reason. Yeah. I think it was. Oh, Just it was, get him. It was because of that fight that he had with one of the jocks in the classroom. Uh They're like, oh, we're going to pay you back for what you did kind of thing. So they beat him up. Um, The next day at school, Steve is in the office and they're like, oh, we there was like some of the teachers there and they're like, oh, we do this thing that when we introduce new students and they're kind of trying to talk them into um, 
getting to know or like befriending the blue ribbons mm-hmm. just like yeah like you know they're here to they all study together they help each other out with practices and you know it's a good group of kids to just you know because you're new like here's some friends you know that you yeah would be a good idea to get to know it's a motivational workshop <laughs> is that what they said yeah motive yeah um oh and they're like you know we know how rough it can be moving to a new school and blah 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 mm-hmm. um steve's like yeah whatever i'll think about it but mm-hmm. he's kind of just like no thanks mm-hmm. um he doesn't he also doesn't seem to be like the sporty type either again he just kind of even throughout this movie like yeah he does kind of gravitate more towards like gavin and uv yeah. but like he still seems like he just wants to be alone yeah not really part of any clique right so as he walks out of the office, he he goes outside and he sees uh, Miss Katie Holmes, Rachel, our our bad girl. Such a babe. She's got a nose ring. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looks like you, Michelle. Like she a, does like... <laughs> a little bit. Not gonna. Li- if I was more gothic, I don't know. Yeah, she's like a goth punk rebel rebel babe. Yeah. yeah. She was way hotter than I ever was in oh, high school, I'll tell you that. Stop it. <laughs> um, she, um, Gavin, Gavin comes up to Steve and he sees Steve, like, checking Rachel out. And he goes on to say, like, yeah, she's trash. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that's really nice. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want her. She's trash. Um, they, they go up to Rachel and I think... It, she is the only one that can like drive out of all of them because yeah, she's she's got this like old truck and uh, she's so cool. Yeah. She's like, let's so cool. They all decided like, let's take a cruise. We're gonna go get some beer. Yeah. And in order for them to get beer, again, they're underage, so they have to like ask people yeah. to buy beer for them, and they're not having any luck. And it's it's nighttime at this point, and they're again in like a parking lot of this liquor store or something, trying to get beer. And one of the jocks, his name is, I forgot his real name, but they call him Chug. Which I hate. Chug. Chug. It's a horrible nickname. Chug. I think his name was like Charles or something, really. <laughs> Charlie. And they call him Chug. Chug. And he comes up to Rachel and he he obviously has a thing for yes. her. And she's she acknowledges him but again i don't know if she's just like she i don't think she's into him but maybe like kind of feels bad for him because Mm. she she doesn't want anything to do with him but also doesn't put him down like very you know right aggressive she's just like no no thanks you know like because he invites her to like a yogurt shop and she's like no i'm good (laughs) and so this kind of upsets chug but he goes into the store to buy something. I don't remember what he... Oh, a milkshake, I think it was. And he's standing in line with his milkshake. And all of a sudden, like, again, his eyes start turning red. Yeah. And he's is looking at Rachel. And as he's looking at her, like, his vision is, like, red. Like, it starts, like, flashing red while he's looking at her. And... As he's doing this, he gets knocked into by these other two kids that were just kind of, like, playing around in the store. Like, they didn't knock into him on purpose. And they're like, oh, sorry, man. And this, like, kind of, like, makes Chug snap. Yes. And and he, like, squeezes his milkshake. He throws 
one of the guys like up against the wall starts beating him up he's like whooping the shit out of him yes yes very (laughs) aggressive and the cop that always seems to be at the right place at the right time and who knows all of these you know blue ribbon people um comes up tries to stop him and he does for like a split second but then chug gets away from him throws the guy again against the wall and i don't know if he like killed this other kid or if he just like really injured him i just think he really injured him okay really killed him but um again like the cop is kind of like shaking him and snaps him out of whatever rage this guy was just in (laughs) and the first thing he says when he kind of comes to is like where's my shake (laughs) (laughs) okay and so when all this happened rachel and gavin and steve they all run in and watch this whole fight thing and Steve's kind of like, what was all that about? Mm-hmm. And Rachel says, oh, it was just toxic toxic yeah. jock syndrome or yeah. something. So they just think it's just like steroids. steroids yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, that, that's got to be what it is. Mm-hmm. But Gavin, he doesn't think it's steroids. He thinks something else is going on. Yep. He thinks it's a sinister force that's taking over all of these, the, the preppy jock people. And Rachel and Steve, they don't believe any right. of it. You're just like, oh, you're kind of think of Gavin as like a, a conspiracy, yeah. conspiracy theorist. Yep. Like, oh, you're just, you know, whatever. You smoke too much kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because um, it is a very like stoner like thought. <laughs> yeah. Like they're being brainwashed, man. <laughs> they're being brainwashed, man. Oh. Um, the next day at school, Gavin tells Steve what he saw with Andy. You know, just to kind of go with the whole conversation that they were having the night before about Chug and what happened to him. You know, he tells Steve what he saw Andy do and about Mary Jo and how she's been missing. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I know what happened to her. She's dead. And so is that other cop. And Steve's like, well, why didn't she go to the cops? And Gavin's like, I tried. They were there. Yeah. They didn't do anything. Like, it's, again, it's this whole big something's Mm -hmm. going on. And Gavin takes Steve to the school, like, basement or, like, the boiler room type place. Because mm-hmm. that's where him and UV, they smoke cigarettes or weed or whatever down there. That's, like, their smoking hangout. And then so while they're down there and they're talking about all this, the janitor pops out of this manhole with this giant dead rat in his hand. <laughs> and uh, he also has, like, the stereo... And he was saying something about how he uses the stereo to emit some kind of like radio fre- frequency or sound or whatever. Yeah, yeah. to like it was it like just to scare the rats away or to, something. Yeah, I uh, I thought of it like a almost like a reverse dog whistle or like the vibrations like yeah keep them away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think actually they do make something like that for moles. Uh, yeah, like you put it in the ground and it's. You can, it's supposed to scare yeah. them away from your yard or whatever. I don't know how well those things work, but it is a thing. Oh, and I also, um, they're like little like wall plug-in mm-hmm. things for bugs that you can use mm. too. And I've used that and it, they seem to work pretty well. well there you go. So Sound it is a thing. Frequencies. Science. Yeah. Science. <laughs> um, By the way, Kayla, our friend Kayla, uh, we're trying to get her to be our uh, a co-host for a couple of these episodes. She admitted to me that she is into this janitor. (laughs) (laughs) 
wait, wait, wait. Oh, go on. <laughs> I, need, I want to read her exact message. I need more details about like, this. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Because this, I mean, this janitor is, um, he's portrayed to be kind of just like, kind of slow. Yeah, like force gumpy. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, okay, Kayla's into the janitor, though. Go on. She said, I rewatched the movie last night. Is it wrong that I want to bang the janitor? She used a different word. More than the kids, the older I get. And I'm like, I cannot agree with you on this I one. I can, cannot relate. <laughs> and then, because uh, I'm like, I, you know, I love James Marsden. Yeah. He's so hot. And I, I'm not a creeper because I looked it up and he was 25 when this movie was filmed. I was going to so say, it was definitely acceptable. one of those, I mean, especially back in the 90s, yeah. they they used 20 and 30 year olds to portray <laughs> teenagers. To yeah. yeah, I'm like, these kids are not really in high school. <laughs> yeah, so no, I don't want to bang the janitor. I'm hanging on to James Marsden. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kayla. I cannot relate to that. Um. Uh, where was okay so yeah the thing with the janitor happens oops just bumped my microphone sorry um they go outside and they suddenly see dickie's car his nice red souped up probably a mustang i couldn't remember what kind of car it was but uh, yeah i'm yeah, assuming yeah. because he was getting mustang parts that one night yeah um suddenly like all the jocks are destroying it and next thing you know here comes dickie but he's like dressed all nice like his hair one of them. back <laughs> his hair was slicked back suddenly he's one of them mm-hmm. and he joins in and starts also destroying his car which is like okay you you can still be a jock or you know whatever a, a good kid and drive that car it was a perfectly good car like i don't understand no. why you had to destroy it was it because it That's symbolized the car job it it symbolized trash, <laughs> trash. like a tattoo. <laughs> it's, it symbolized Dickie's past and who he was, and that you know, yeah, he had to destroy it. So, <laughs> um, so even though Steve is witnessing all this happen, he still doesn't believe in this whole Andy story that Gavin was trying to tell yeah. him. He thinks maybe I don't I don't know that Dickie just was tired of being a bad boy. I don't know. He just, he's not putting the pieces together yet. Which I can't say I would blame him, but obviously he just moved there. So it's like, yeah, it's like, what does he know? And all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But also I think it would be kind of weird just to see someone go from one extreme to the other, just like that within a couple of days. I don't know. Something I, I would at least be putting my, my eyes on it. Like, okay, you know, put it in the back of my head hold on to it um bu, 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 bu. oh i think it's so it's after school steve walks into this diner to get food oh i think because back up a little bit because steve didn't believe this whole andy story him yeah. and gavin kind of got into an argument and so steve is kind of like you know again you smoke too much I don't want to talk about it. You're crazy. And he kind of goes off on his own. Mm-hmm. So he stops at this diner. And another the the jock that got in a fight with Dickie, Trent, mm-hmm. he comes up to Steve. 
And he's like, hey, I want to introduce you to all the guys. And Steve's like, okay. So the, he Trent introduces him to all the other Blue Ribbon people, um, I think, including Dickie. Yeah. Dickie's there and Lorna and Chug and, you know, all, all the main ones are there. And then uh, Steve... Steve witnessed the fight between Trent and Dickie. Yeah. And so he's looking at him. He's like, weren't you guys just fighting in English class the other day? And uh, I forgot what Trent said, but something like, oh, we're we're not animals. We're humans mm -hmm. or something like that. Like we can forgive whatever. I don't know. Right. Well, at this time, Gavin walks in and he wants to talk to Steve and, you know, kind of like wants to make amends. Like, I'm sorry for whatever happened earlier. Like, can we talk about it and all the blue ribbons don't want steve to leave they want him to stay with them and hang out with them and gavin eventually does get steve to leave because steve again he's just kind of does his own thing he doesn't want to belong to right. a particular group so he's not really fallen for whatever these guys are trying to pull so he he leaves with gavin and gavin's like Again, trying to convince Steve that something's going on with this group of, of kids. They're like, they're brainwashed. Here's proof. And lo and behold, Gavin produces this picture. And all those kids used to be uh, like, like Gavin, I, like, I don't want to say druggy, but you know, they, they like used the, to be like yeah, the rebel, yeah, the rebel yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, I think in that picture they were either like doing coke or, sm or smoking or something, but you know, you know, I don't want to put labels on anybody. Well, but if they're actually doing drugs, you can call them druggies. I, I'm pretty sure they <laughs> were doing evidence. drugs in that picture. They're either smoking or I don't know, but, um, but yeah, they were, they're like the gothic rebel kids. Um, and I think Steve said something like, well, maybe they got sick of your shit or your con conspiracy theories or something. So they, I don't know. He, Fair. Steve's still trying to think of some, there's got to be some kind of explanation right. of why they are the way that they are. Yes. So Gavin, I think he's like, oh no, I got more proof. Come with me. He takes Steve to this church where all of the Blue Ribbon parents have this meeting and you see Andy's mom is there or no, was it Andy's mom? I think it was Andy's mom. And she was saying something like he seems, I can't read my, hand. <laughs> um, he, he, only, he seems like aggressive to people outside of the blue ribbons. Like something's going on where he's like unruly or he's just like, I can't read what I wrote, but yeah, he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't recall exactly what it was. Yeah, he's he's just... He's kind of like unhinged towards people outside of the club. And then this... It seems like there's a leader or something to this club. And he's like, oh, there's a new a new member candidate. Um, and they go on to say, like, this kid, he's not doing good in school. He masturbates a lot. Like, oh, no. <laughs> he listens to rock and roll. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> really really bad kid here <laughs> and come to find out or well they're like do we want this person to be involved in our like a new member of yeah, our, yeah. our club or whatever they have society that they have going on they all agree and so the parents of this person walk in and uh-oh it's gavin's yeah, parents dun, dun, dun. gavin's like 
oh shit, I got to get out of here. Like, we got to go. And Steve, Steve still doesn't understand. He's like, what? What's the big deal? You know? And Gavin's like, you don't understand, dude. Like, he's like, I'm dead. My parents sold me out. And Steve's like, it can't, you know, it can't be that bad. Like, just don't do it. And Gavin's like, no, you don't understand. And so Steve kind of follows, they, they end up on the beach somehow, like on the shore of this beach. And Steve's still trying to like talk him out of whatever he's planning. Like, he's thinking about doing like he, Gavin pulls out a gun. <laughs> like, okay. He, yeah. He's like, I'm going to smoke them all. Yeah. And Steve's like, what the fuck? Like, no, you're not. Dude. I know. You can't just go in shooting your parents and uh, shit. Right. Like, Imagine if you were Steve, like, okay, this guy's being paranoid. He's kind of annoying him, blah, blah, blah. Then he pulls out a gun. You're like, all right. Yeah. Like, this needs some serious yeah. intervention. <laughs> Please don't go killing people. Yeah. No, like this, this conspiracy thing <laughs> has gone way too far yeah. at this point. So yeah, Steve is like wrestling this gun away from Gavin and he get he does get it away and then Gavin's like freaking out. He's like, Give me my gun back, mm. I want my gun. And Steve just walks away. He's like, Nope, I'm not doing with this. I'm just gonna take this gun away before this person hurts somebody, you know. Gavin's like, Don't leave me alone. Well, the next day at school, what do you know? Gavin shows up to school all clean and combed back hair, you know he's transformed. <laughs> The nice button-down, tucked-in shirt, and he's changed. I was attracted to him. I was before he turned clean. (laughs) (laughs) I know, before he turned clean, I was, but then when he was clean, I don't know. Maybe it was just like, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You like Gavin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Rachel sees this, and she's like, what the fuck? She, She goes up to Gavin, tries to talk to him, and she's like, what's going on? And uh, the jocks won't let her anywhere near him. They kind of push her away. Uh, Steve then tries to go up to Gavin and the jocks push him away. And again, well, because Steve's a a guy, they kind of get more aggressive with him. And all the other students in the cafeteria realize what's going on. So everybody else leaves. And then the jocks close the door behind all the students. They're like all scared of these blue ribbons. Yeah. 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 So um, now it's just all the blue ribbons and the small group of friends, you know, Steve, Gavin, Rachel, or, well, yeah, Gavin's there. I mean, um, but Steve, Rachel, and I think UV's there too. Mm. And th- this brawl just starts, starts happening. Um, so they start beating up Steve and Gavin eventually says, okay, that's enough. And so they all stop. And Steve asks Gavin, he's like, what happened? And all Gavin says is we shall, we shall overcome or something like Mm -hmm. that. And Steve's like, are you okay? (laughs) Gavin's like, oh, I feel fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then he punches Gavin or Steve in the stomach. And so that's kind of like the end of this fight. Just know that Gavin's clearly. He's turned. He's turned. He's on the blue ribbon side. As now, as everyone's kind of like leaving this cafeteria one of the jocks kicks over the janitor's mop bucket because the the janitor was there watching this whole thing too and like knocks over his bucket just to be an asshole poor janitor i know yeah nobody likes this janitor in the school because again because he's slow so they think he's just not smart yeah and 
like like that's okay to pick totally on. Totally disrespect him, right? Because he's different. <laughs> Clearly, a, a '90s movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that would fly in a movie no. nowadays. Um, you see later on that day after school, again, all the blue ribbons go to this diner, and they're all like, uh, um doing like a toast for gavin you know like oh welcome to our our club you're officially a member yeah. of our club now that those scenes in the diner that's very like leave it to beaver like pleasantville like yeah especially like this one shop. yeah because yeah, it's like a like a milkshake yeah. like toast like <laughs> yeah and you see the diner uh worker like wearing like one of those like triangle yeah, yeah. like you know <laughs> paper hat type things um so I th- I don't know if this is like the next day or the same day. I don't know. Again, the the scenes are just like boom, boom, boom. You don't really know. You can't keep track of what day is which. Because nice it's for... like one minute they're at school, yeah. the next minute they're outside of school, then the next minute they're at school again. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I like these kind of movies because it's very like ADHD friendly. Just like keep yeah. going, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, but anyway, so Steve is now suddenly in the school basement. And, uh, oh, there's, he runs to the janitor and anytime the janitor sees any of these kids down there, he's like, you can't be here. But then like, doesn't really care. Doesn't really do Mm -hmm. anything about it. But there's a book in the janitor's back pocket and Steve pulls it out and it's Slaughterhouse-Five. Um, I don't know anything about that book. I don't even know what that book's about, but I, isn't that like one of the, maybe... I could be totally wrong, but isn't it like a book that was banned? Uh, yes, this is a tidbit. Um, in real life, this novel was burned by a janitor through an order from an overbearing school board over its unwholesomeness. So this was like a mm. tip to that. Oh, and mm. that's, yeah, that's kind of cool that it was a janitor that did that and this janitor's reading it. <laughs> mm. Um, okay. Interesting. Um, and the janitor goes on to say something about like you know kids don't know nothing and then i don't steve this i don't know there's like a bunch of words happening um steve goes to leave because the janitor is kind of kind of being a dick to him i don't know and the janitor is like oh wait like do you like the author of the book i can't remember Kurt his name Monaget. okay and steve said i don't get it which i mean he I think he meant he doesn't get the book or something. Maybe he tried to read the book. He didn't understand it. I don't know. He just says, I don't get it. Um, and the janitor goes on to say, like, have you ever wanted to disappear or something? You know, trying trying to pretty much tell Steve that he's not as stupid as everybody. Right. He kind of puts on an act. Yes. So people leave him alone. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So that's what that conversation was all about. <clears throat> that night... Um, I think this, I think Steve was just trying to walk home again. I don't, how late does the school go? Because (laughs) (laughs) every time they're, it's like they leave school and then the next day it's, or the next like hour it's nighttime, but (laughs) Steve's like just now making his way home. It's completely pitch dark outside. It's raining. Steve's walking through the woods and the blue ribbons find him. They're like kind of surrounding him calling his name in the woods and steve's kind of getting paranoid so he he runs home locks the door as soon as he gets home and locks the door he turns around 
and Lorna is sitting on his couch and he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, she's like, oh, I'm studying with your sister. And as soon as she said that, I'm thinking like, oh, they're trying to get Lindsay to be a part of them now. Oh, yeah. Because Lindsay, you know, she was, I think she might even say it later on, you know, she wants to be... She wants to feel like she belongs right. somewhere. She wants to be accepted and part of a group, sure. Right. So that's going to make these blue ribbons really... She's an easy target for them, I think. Um, But yeah, she's like, we were studying and well, Steve's like, well, where is she? And Lorna says, oh, she's sleeping and your parents are at a meeting. And uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Steve's like, what meeting? And she, of course, then it say anything but i think we all know what meeting what what other what only (laughs) meeting is happening in this town um and steve's like you need to leave and she uh, lorna's like well okay i'll leave but i need to go to the bathroom first and steve's like okay whatever she's like and she's like i already know where it is because i've been in this house for probably hours you know Mm -hmm. And as she's walking into the bathroom, she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, your sister is a great kid. She's very special. Mm-hmm. Steve's like, get the fuck out of my house, lady. Leave my sister alone. Right. And so Lorna is in the bathroom. She's washing her hands and the door's open. So I'm like, did she just pee with the door open? I don't know. <laughs> um, as she's washing her hands, she's looking at Steve in the mirror. And here comes the red flashes again. And she suddenly just starts undoing her shirt because I'm assuming because she finds Steve attractive. Yep. And which, yeah, who doesn't Uh. find him attractive? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she walks out. So now her shirt's like open. And this is where the boobies happen. Um, Boobies. And Steve's just like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, don't you find me attractive? And he's like, yeah, you're very attractive, but you're a blue ribbon and I'm not like, he already knows like this can't be a thing. And Oh, this does Lorna finds this very upsetting and her eyes do the whole red laser thing. And she's like, she's like having a conflict in her own head because she gets repeating like, Oh, this is wrong. Bad, 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 wrong. (laughs) She sounds like a robot. And then she starts smashing her head against this mirror. Um, so now we see a theme here. It has to do with, like, sexual arousal. Yes. Like, yeah, because this is the third time that they've gone into, like, a crazy-ass rage when they're, like... Yeah, so we saw it when down. when Andy was mm-hmm. getting his blowjob. Yep. Um, Chug, when he was looking at Rachel. Trying to come on to Rachel, yeah. Yep, and, and now Lorna with Steve. And... So she she smashes this mirror. She grabs one of the mirror shards and like goes to attack Steve. Um, he eventually is able to throw her off of him, and she, when she gets thrown off, she kind of like snaps out of it and she's like, "Oh, I I gotta go home." Yeah. Like okay, so she just grabs her stuff. She's got like blood dripping yeah. down her face. She's <laughs> like, "I just I gotta go." I think her shirt's still open. Yeah. I don't know. And then, okay, so this is the part that I was kind of getting confused on. So you might need to help me out just to get the details situated. But the next scene, it shows that Lorna is on like a, like a operating, like a hospital operating type table. Uh-huh. They pulled this implant 
out of her eye. Yeah. And they were the these doctors were saying like, oh, if they get too attracted or like their hormones right, right. go overboard or whatever, then they start this aggression. And then I I missed what they were hap- what they were doing, but they were gonna do some additional surgery or something on Lorna. Oh. Or, or did she die or something? Because the doctor said, well, what what do we say about her? What do we say happened to her? And they said, oh, she'll she's just gonna be gone for like a couple days or something like that. Oh, I don't know. I just thought they were gonna like mess around with that implant to like tweak it. Tweak it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I yeah I I kind of missed what was happening exactly. Yeah, we'll get but... into it more like once we get up to the okay into the more detail. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay, yes. Yeah. So so we know now that these blue ribbons, these kids are yeah. being. They have some kind of implant that's making them behave that the way that yeah. they are. Um, <clears throat> the next scene we see Rachel. We haven't seen Rachel in a while, but she's still there. Um. She goes into the school basement to smoke and they have like this, um, I guess it's kind of just like a a storage place that's hidden where they keep all of their like cigarettes and stuff. And inside of there, there's like a CD, DVD type thing and she grabs it because it wasn't in there before and she takes it and Chug, here comes Chug again. He must have followed her down there and... He, again, asked, like, will you go out with me? And Rachel's just like, you're kidding, right? Like, no. And Chug doesn't like this answer. He starts screaming at her. At her. He's like, why not? Why won't you go out with me? And kind of throws her up against the wall. Kind of gets a little rapey with yeah, her. Yeah. Like, starts, <laughs> like, rapey. yeah, like, <laughs> grabbing her boob and shit. And then the janitor comes in and turns on that, that radio, that yeah. sound frequency for mm-hmm. the rats and this affects Chug he goes greatly. Nuts. Yes, he's like grabbing at his head, yeah, yeah. like like he's in pain almost. And he's he is trying to find the source of the sound, and he he finds the radio and he destroys it. Like and my so, dogs with uh, the smoke detector. Oh God! <laughs> Do they go crazy? Off, they go berserk. Oh man! Oh my God! And we take it off the ceiling, and then they're trying to attack it. Like oh my God. <laughs> Um, so the janitor, you know, sees all this happening and he's like, hmm, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes note that, oh, okay, the sound, it, it's the blue ribbons don't like the sound. Okay. Um, uh, we see Steve and his sister, Lindsay. I don't know. Again, I think this was either before school, after school. I don't know. They're walking <laughs> down the road and... Lindsay's this is where Lindsay's like you should try to fit in you know um we're gonna be here for a while you know just you know try to make the best of it kind of thing and as she's talking Steve notices that she has this blue wristband bracelet type thing was it a blue ribbon I don't know and he's like where did you get that she's like oh we got it at school everybody got one Uh uh-huh and then you see a, a car full of the blue ribbons drive by, and he's like, "I think now, Steve, because of what happened with Lorna, I yeah. think he's starting to put the pieces together like now. Something is happening. <laughs> yes, like you stay away from my sister. You know, let's let's hide. Let's get away from them. Um, they end up going to Rachel's house, and Rachel, when they get to Rachel's, she's like, "We should talk." 
and there's something you need to see. And that's when she shows Steve that DVD that, um, that was found yes. in the basement and it's a video of Gavin and it, it was a video that he made that the last night that he was normal, you know? So is this like, I was wondering, like, did he make this because his parents were at that meeting and he just like knew it was coming? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think he even said like, that was the night that, you know, Steve took the gun away from him. He saw Mm -hmm. his parents, like he made it that night. Yep. It's kind of like, if you, if you see this, then you know that I'm one of them or whatever. Yeah. And Gavin, he did some more research and he found something on this place called Bishop Flats mm-hmm. or something, something about Bishop, the Bishop Flats 11. And this is, I was kind of getting confused, but I, I put it together later. But so there is a, was he a teacher at the school or like a, the psychologist at the school? Um, he, well, at this school, he was a, um, yeah, psychologist. Or like, doctor. like the school counselor or yeah, something yeah. like that. And mm-hmm. his name was, uh, Dr. What is it? Cal Caldecott. Caldecott. And Rachel, Rachel did some of her own research digging and she found out that this doctor, the last place that he worked was called Bishop flats Mm -hmm. and he was working in psychology, uh, something, something. And Steve's like, Oh, that's mind control. And so they're like, Oh, well we got to go investigate this place. And again, the only way to get there is on the ferry. So now we're, we're, the only way that they can get off this island is on this stupid ferry. Yeah. <laughs> so they, Rachel drives her truck onto the ferry. They're on the ferry. Um, Rachel is just kind of talking to Steve, saying, you know, she misses Gavin. And this is when, or um, Steve's like, yeah, I pretty much assume that Gavin's like a brother to Rachel. Mm-hmm. And Steve's like, I had a, I had a brother, and he kind of went on to say what happened to his brother that he was always in pain you know like depression and he ended up shooting himself mm-hmm. so <clears throat> that's what happened to steve's brother and again you can imagine why steve needs to talk about that it's not like he just died of cancer right. or something or in a car accident yeah. like very traumatic very traumatic he shot himself yeah. like that's something that needs to be talked about and it's almost like as it was almost as soon as not as soon as he killed himself, but like within months or whatever, they moved to this island mm-hmm. just to get away from everything. Because, yeah. again, nobody wants to talk about it. So I'm sure the parents are grieving in their own way, too. And yeah. they thought that this was best for everybody. Um, But so they get to Bishop Flats. And it's a, a psych ward, like a psych hospital, yeah. which... How did they get in this place? <laughs> Security <laughs> is lacking. All right. At first, I'm like, oh, it's abandoned. But then once they start walking around, you see people yeah. like actually there <laughs> being treated. I'm yeah. like, how did they get in? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I guess not. Um, and Rachel's, she's like, this is not a good idea, which no, it was not a good idea. But Steve's like, oh, just think of it as our first date. So, Okay. <laughs> Um, again, yep, there's still people in the psych ward. 
some of them are behind like uh like padded rooms you know locked up a lot of them are loose just walking around acting totally nut like this was a very stereotypical (laughs) yes yes (laughs) talking to themselves like banging their head against the wall just (laughs) not good we are um, clearly in an institution. Let's make this very apparent to our viewers. Right. And again, my in my notes, how did they get Yeah, in? I know. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they end up in this room where it's like your typical scene in these movies yeah. where everyone's... It's like a rec room yeah. where they're all like either playing games, kind of doing their own thing. This nurse comes in... <sighs> They all go up to this nurse like they're freaking zoo animals, like, oh, give me my medicine, you know. Um, And they stumble upon this other room where there's this girl. She's like a a fairly young girl in there. And she keeps saying over and over, uh, look at all the musical little creatures hiding in the garden or something like that. And she, when Steve and Rachel go in there, she kind of starts getting a little bit more aggressive with this like she keeps repeating it over and over and over again faster and faster eventually more just aggressively i don't know well this makes all the other crazy people go nuts yeah they like they come up to the windows of this room and just start banging on the windows and rachel's like i got this and she knocks the girl out I'm like i know <laughs> okay steve's like she's got to shut up and rachel's like i got it (laughs) just knocks her out oh katie holmes (laughs) um so this i mean it works because the others back away from the window and this girl has a uh, like a hospital bracelet on that has her name on it and it shows that she's her last name is caldecott so steve's like oh shit this is caldecott's daughter and so this makes them just freak out and they, they leave. They're like, well, that's not good. Um, okay. So I was reading, like, I've seen this movie so many times and I never caught this. So when I was doing research for this episode, like, that Caldecott's daughter, when she starts saying that and the other people are going, like, mm-hmm. they, they're starting to react all crazy, um, they're being described when I'm reading this. Uh, this more in-depth synopsis here, damaged test subjects. Yes. So they were there, like, I never caught that. Yeah, so, um, so this doctor, as as we're seeing, they he was doing some kind of experiment with uh-huh. the, this implant thing, yeah. and it, it'll go into it later, but that's why, that was the whole thing that that Gavin had found about the Bishop Flats 11 is that there was like 11 test subjects. I'm assuming that, uh, that maybe the experiment did work on. And so then he was going to take it to different schools, different kids. Uh Um, but yes, this, the specific hospital was all of the experiments that didn't work. The failed projects. Yes. We'll put it that way. Okay. I, I don't know how I never, ever caught that before this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll, later on in the movie, it kind of does 
touch upon it, but that's what I mean about this movie. It's like if you, if there's like little things here and there yeah. that don't really like. I why did they I can't put even that count in there? The amount of times I've seen this movie and I still never yeah that until I'm like doing deeper research. I'm like, wow, <laughs> okay. So don't listen to me. Anyway. No, no, it's okay. It's, again, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk this stuff out because some movies like this can be a little. I think that's what that things like that can make or break a movie because like if you miss that one little detail the rest of the movie is just not going to make yeah. sense and it's like but why i still love this movie. you know i do. <laughs> um okay so they they leave they run out uh they get back in their truck because now they got to catch the ferry to get back home yes. if they don't catch the ferry they're stuck on the island which again yeah anxiety <laughs> so they're at this gas station getting gas and here comes the but if they're on this other island, how did the cop from their island show up here? See, now I'm, now I'm confused. I don't know, man. <laughs> so the cop that knows all the blue ribbons, yeah. you know, the notorious cop, he Dirty sees cat. them parked at the gas station. So he turns around into the gas station and kind of like blocks them in from leaving with his car. And the gas station attendant comes out to say hi the cop's like oh it's closing time frankie frankie's like oh yes sir like understands what's about to happen yep. like oh yep it's closing time uh cop goes up to rachel and he's like what are you doing aren't you guys a little past curfew and steve's like oh she's just driving me home and he, we were just studying and the cop's like where's your books and then as soon as he says that you see another car pull up into the gas station and this is the janitor. He gets out and uh, the cop's like, what are you doing? Janitor's like, I'm just getting rid of some rats. And he's, rats. Carry he's carrying this bag of dead rats. rats. <laughs> I still don't understand the whole <laughs> dead rat thing. <laughs> but, um, so Rachel took this as a distraction. So she starts the truck and the cop's like, oh, no, no miss lady you need to step out of the car right now and she the cop ends up getting rachel and steve out of the truck and put them into the back of the cop car um the janitor took this opportunity to take his big ass stereo and knock the cop out <laughs> and he gets the keys to get them out of the car so now we know that again the janitor's not stupid he knows what's going on yes. he's putting on this facade so he can help these kids who yeah. are not the blue ribbons Fly like under the radar yeah he's <laughs> he's gonna help them take the blue ribbons down basically because mm -hmm. he he now realizes that this whole radio thing works yes. against them so um yes yeah, so it knocks out the cop rachel and steve uh yes they get back in their truck and now they're leaving so they get to the ferry on time Steve gets home. Steve goes home to get his sister. He's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. We're going back to Chicago. And as soon as they're, he's about to leave with the sister, the parents, or no. The, the, either way, the doctor is there. Dr. Caldecott yeah. and the parents. And he's looking at his parents. He's like, what the fuck? Like, you signed me up for this whole blue ribbon thing and... The parents are like, we just want you back. And it's like, how about we just be adults and talk 
There's no communication in this family. <laughs> All he wants is to talk and grieve about his brother. Like, he doesn't need... And he doesn't come off as, like, no. a really bad kid or anything. No, not yeah. at all. He's not doing anything. Like, he's not being destructive. Like, it didn't even say that his grades were failing or anything. No. Like, he wasn't <laughs> acting like, I I don't know. Okay, so, again, like, as I was doing deeper research, this is described, like, the... Okay, so Caldecott is, in, is putting in these microchips with the approval of the parents. Yes. I never caught that before either. Like, I just thought they thought the the Blue Ribbon program was just, like, to help shape them into these, Oh, well, maybe. Maybe the parents don't... did they know about the brain microchips? (laughs) I I don't think that the parents knew. I think they just thought it was some kind of program. Kind of like a... um, uh, What do you call it? Where you send your kids away... And they come back like Like a a military school type thing, like (laughs) something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't believe that they knew fully that they were getting microchips or whatever inside of their brain. Like with the approval of their parents, he implants some brain microchips. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Um, but yeah, so he, Steve knees the doctor in the stomach. He's like, fuck you. You're not getting me. Mm. They run outside a group of jocks are outside and he's looking around he's like where's rachel oh no they got rachel rachel's gone uh gavin comes into the picture now and he's like oh she's in a institute of higher learning which Mm -hmm. makes you think like oh they got her you know she's she's suddenly going to be one of them um they knock steve out they take his sister he wakes up being wheeled like on a gurney Mm -hmm into wherever this doctor does all these implants now they stick him in like a doctor chair type thing strap him down very clockwork orangey like they have his like eyeballs like open i've never seen that you never seen clockwork orange oh man that's i mean i know it's it's a a classic it's a classic movie but i don't think i could sit it's very long yeah. yeah. And wasn't it, like, really tortury and, like... I said, yes and no. Okay. I, I didn't think it was that... It's just a very weird movie. I saw it, like, way too young to yeah. fully <laughs> understand what yeah. that movie was, so maybe I do need to try it again, yeah. but, yeah. Um. Okay, so the, the doctor's trying to convince Steve, like, oh, it's okay, you'll be better. Just, it's fine, it's fine. And this is where Steve brings up the failed experiments because he says that one line that his daughter was saying like beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. was it the music musical little creatures and this kind of like the doctor turns his ears up on this he's like how dare you yeah yeah. you know talk about my daughter like that again yeah failed experiment um so and then then it goes into the whole implant thing so there's like a light and it's like flashing the subliminal messages, just like Clockwork Orange. She's like, he is forced to look at this stuff because his eyes are open, mm-hmm. can't close them. And then here comes, which it didn't even look like something that could be put into the eye. It was almost <laughs> like a, a branding <laughs> type yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, looked yeah. Like, like it was molten hot yeah. something, gonna like brand his eye. Yeah. And, but apparently that was, yeah, (laughs) that was the implant. I don't know. Um, Steve was smart though. And he 
had something in his hand this whole time and he's like trying he's cutting his hand out from the strap of uh, mm-hmm. the chair and he finally gets his hand loose and then he he get, he gets himself free of this chair before the thing was able to get into his eye so who he's safe um he escapes out of this room he finds Rachel in, an, in another room and she's kind of knocked out i don't know if they drugged her or something but it seems like she can't really move uh, I don't, they weren't, they didn't get to the point where they implanted her with anything yet that you could tell. Even though they got her before Steve he, and he was a, right about to be, like, about to be implanted. Yeah, it didn't make any sense, yeah. but maybe they knocked her out a little too hard yeah. and she couldn't, she, she didn't come to yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but they, he takes her, they start escaping, they run into Chug again. Uh, here's another fight scene. Damn it, Chug. And... Well, while they were escaping, Steve found some pipe just laying around. He's like, I'm going to use this as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, when Chug came, he accidentally dropped it or something. And But so he starts fighting her, fight, ugh, fighting him. Rachel finally snaps out of it. She grabs the pipe, hits Chug, and kills him. He's just dead, laying in a pool of his own blood. So they finally get out. <clears throat> they escape. As soon as they get outside, this truck pulls up and it's uv and his and Lindsay, steve's sister and but uv's like hold on a minute like how do i know that you aren't one of them you like <laughs> i love that. ask them like what the capital yeah. of something is and steve's like how the fuck am i supposed to know yeah. that and he's like all right yep you're good get in yeah. <laughs> and they start to drive as they're driving they come across a roadblock of jocks and the doctor and they're like oh shit i've like me, I would just gun it. Just go. Like, oh, oops. Yeah. <laughs> Run over some kids. What are you going to do? Um, another car approaches, and it's the janitor again. <laughs> the doctor starts just shooting. And there's too much going on right now. <laughs> doctor starts shooting at the janitor. The janitor keeps driving. He's got multiple radios in his car. And this reminded me of something. I don't know if it was like a Stephen King movie or something. Like, I feel like this has been done before in some other sense. Or maybe I've seen this movie before. I don't know. But it's just like, I remember another something with multiple radios in the car. But anyways, he turns them all maybe on. Maybe like The Walking Dead or like maybe I'm Legend. Oh, yeah, it is The Walking Dead. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're leading the walkers away from, yeah. Yeah. I Am Legend. Oh, I just Did thought of a sad, uh, I was thinking of this another scene in The Walking Dead with the piggies. I'm like, but they didn't have music. It was the piggies. It was really sad. Anyway, but I am legend. <laughs> He's like trying to like draw the. Um, it's been a while since creatures. I've seen that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, multiple radios. Turns on. Um, again, the blue ribbons are all very affected by this noise emitted by these radios. And so they. Um, well, Steve. Gets. Yeah, he takes, like, a motorcycle or something, and he tells UV and his sister and Rachel, you know, get the fuck out of here, just go. They're getting on the ferry to get off this island. Mm -hmm. Because the goal is still, well, for Steve to get back to Chicago or somewhere. I think they're going anywhere at this point, just not on this fucking island. So, the janitor is driving this car, leading the blue ribbons away because again like this noise yes it hurts them but they just want to destroy it yeah yeah to make it stop they're like raging right so steve follows the janitor and the the janitor's shot 
in the stomach, which every scary movie or horror movie, whatever, whenever anybody gets shot, it's always in the stomach. Like they, <laughs> they live long enough to fulfill their duty yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. they die. Yeah. So, um, and so, yeah, they're, he's leading the jocks to it, basically he's going to drive this car off the cliff or like where this dam is. And before, but before he does this, before he becomes the hero and drives all these blue ribbons off the cliff, he decides, he, he gives a little Pink Floyd reference. <laughs> <laughs> he drives off saying, hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. I know, oh my God. <laughs> it was so cringy. Oh, I know. If I was in, uh, yeah, if I was there, I'd be like, Ugh. Out of all the things you could have said, he... That just gave me douche chills. <laughs> yes, but... But he, all, all the Blue Ribbon kids, students, they're all on top of this car trying to attack these stereos and he drives off with them, becomes the hero and kills them all in this deadly... It's really fucked up if you car. think about it. Really it really is. Because these, again, these are students, they're kids. Now there's, you know, 30 parents without kids I know. Anymore. And then just imagine like going back to school the next day, you're like... So half our class is gone. (laughs) (laughs) They were all driven off a cliff by the janitor. Yeah, because again, they just think that their kids, I don't think that they knew that their kids were being brainwashed or whatever. I think they just thought their kids decided to one day just be outstanding (laughs) citizens and not brainwashed zombies. I don't know. And the doctor, so the doctor sees all this happening and, looks to steve he's like are, are you finished yet and or or no steve's like are you finished and the doctor's like finished oh no there's other other towns other teens science is god and you know he's so yeah, he's yeah. pretty much saying that i'm not gonna stop until i'm dead like these are whatever i can have more mm-hmm. i can make more so Steve and the doctor fight. Steve does a lot of fighting, a lot of fist fights in this in this film. <laughs> but again, he's got some rage. He's got some rage built up from what his parents made him do, move and grief with his brother. So just jam that grief way down inside yourself, son. <laughs> so he, he fights. Um he eventually he does end up kicking the doctor off this cliff. And uh so yeah, bye-bye doctor. No more of whatever your experiments. Mm-hmm. So he gets he gets on his motorcycle. He makes it back to the ferry just on time. As soon as he lands on this ferry, he like puts the bike down. He like slids and in, slides into it. Like made it all dramatic. Like like oh made it. <laughs> um, he reunites with Rachel and Lindsay and UV, and he says, you know, we're the only ones left. Which I mean, not really, because there were I know, like, other the rest of the town. <laughs> there were still other kids that island? weren't brainwashed. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, but we're the only ones left. Yeah. So dramatic, <laughs> and they're kind of asking, you know, like, well, where do we go from here? And he's like, we go home, which is wherever, <laughs> wherever we're we just go. wherever we go. Okay, but what about their parents? Their parents are still alive. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, he's being a drama queen. Like. Well, that's what that's what so that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe the parents did know because then Steve's like they betrayed me. Like, yeah, fuck. My I think parents. I mean Let's pretty much. He, yeah, stuff. I mean he he was pretty much done with his parents yeah. at this point for whatever right, they made right, him do. Right. So he's like, I'm just gonna save myself and my sister, yeah. and we're just getting the fuck out of here. So, <clears throat> but yeah, so just know they're they're moving somewhere else, getting off the island. Um, the next scene, I thought this was, was I don't know, it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, you get introduced to, like, this very unruly classroom. Yeah. You know, you got kids listening to rap music. <laughs> They're making paper airplanes, throwing stuff around, sitting on top of the desk. Yeah. The teacher comes in. He's like, all right, class, settle down. Shut up. We got a new student teacher. And the new student teacher comes in the room. He's very clean, very white. Like the, the other students and the teacher, not that it matters, but they're black. So you think like, you know, city, city scene. Um, very like dangerous minds. Like the, do you remember yes, that? Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just picture that the whole scene. Yeah. Um, but this new student teacher, he, what did he write on the wall? He wrote something on the chalkboard. I can't, it was like be be generous or something be kind or something i can't something stupid like that and he turns around and it's gavin right yeah okay i'm like at first i'm like was it gavin or was it somebody that looked like gavin okay no no no. (laughs) so So you can assume that this is just gonna keep happening exactly so the doctor maybe recruited gavin to be his number one whatever and now he's going to pass on the tradition of implanting students and making them blue ribbons yeah dun 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 so what they really should have done i mean yeah i guess like kill the blue ribbons i mean with the, yeah that just sucks is there no way to take out the microchip yeah all those kids are just dead well yeah what about the people like doing the implanting i know get rid of them man because now i love when movies end like this it's like not a happy ending right you're like it's gonna keep happening. there's just a, a lot of <laughs> questions but i don't know so like so then what's going to happen to all the, the failed experiments at that psych ward? Are they just going to be crazy for the rest yeah, of their lives? Like, <laughs> Don't worry is, about it. Was he the only teacher that knew how to do, or the only doctor yeah. that knew how to do any of this? Is there other I, doctors involved? At that point, that ending scene, you just have to assume that other people, there's a lot more people involved. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that the doctor taught Gavin how to do everything that yeah. was needed. And mm-hmm. so he's just going to start recruiting. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, I, uh, like I said earlier, this movie, very 90s. Um, I didn't really give it a high rating. I I just had too many questions at the end. <laughs> it wasn't so much of a mindfuck for me. Like, I get what they were trying to do with it, mm. but I just felt like they could have done a lot more. Like, my main question is Why? The doctor never really explained why he wanted kids to be. I just assumed good. it was like maybe his daughter was like a bad kid, so he just like wanted to come mm. up with something to make his daughter fall in line, and it just failed, and he was just trying to perfect it. But it, maybe I wish How they would have gone. Just- parenting can we just try <laughs> he's really looking for the easy way out here also he's a psychologist it didn't say he was like a yeah. scientist or I, like a i don't know i don't know that that kind of like brain surgeon or something where he can like look into like mm-hmm. the 
Um, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, there are kind of are a lot of questions. Maybe if they would have delved deeper into like his right. past with his daughter. Yes. And like what happened with all that, it would have been it was left just... a little less questions unanswered, you know? Right. It was just too big of a hole for me. I'm just like, eh. So I gave it a six out of 10. It was meh. Yeah. Um, this is just one of, I'm going to be biased because this is one of like my comfort movies. Uh-huh. Like I watch it every once in a while. Just like, Oh, I just like this one. I don't know. We all have one of those. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I'll, I'll probably give it like an eight out of 10. It's not perfect. There are a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but like for what it was, it's a nineties, like right. sci-fi movie. Like, okay. I like Michelle and I were talking about this um, before we started the pod. Like, I kind of want to do the faculty next week because it's sort of similar. Mm-hmm. And it's also sci-fi, but a different kind of sci-fi. And I like yes. the faculty better. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have seen the faculty. It's been quite a long time, yeah. but I do remember it being very good. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely more, like, not so much scary, but a little bit more creepy it's a little bit more creepy in the movie in my opinion is just a little bit more well done than this one they both came out in 1998 so it's like they follow i was gonna ask if it was the same year like storyline but the faculty to me is just like a little bit more well done the faculty is like not never mind i'm not gonna give anything away (laughs) because i don't remember exactly what the movie yeah 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 how it played out it's very similar to disturbing behavior but with key differences okay Okay, so that's yeah. That's my vote for next week. Yeah, no, we might as that. well. That's <laughs> fine. I think it's on our list anyways, so we can yeah. just go ahead and do that. Sure, keep on the theme. Oh, and I think this this still was on the theme kind of like Reanimator too, because it yeah. had the whole science thing, messing with people's brains. Yep. Again, just because you should, or just, just because you can doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you should. should. Yep. So yeah, it was still kind of on par with all of that too, so... I guess that's our theme for April. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then uh, as I was, I'm going to, um, I have a couple more movies that are kind of along this theme, but like slightly different. So we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, uh, Get Out and The Skeleton Key. If you've seen, uh, you've seen Get Out, right? I've seen Get Out. I, I feel like I may have seen The Skeleton Key. The Skeleton Key. Is that with um, Kate Hudson? Yes. I yes. have seen it. Is and Matthew McConaughey, like... is that in it? Is he in that too or no? <laughs> He has been in a couple other movies with Kate Hudson, but he's not in this one. He's in, like, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and, like, Fool's No, I swear there's a a serious movie with both of them in it. I don't know. Not this one. I just think Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey, they're just in every movie together. together. (laughs) But those are also, like, loosely, I just agreed with what this person on Reddit was saying, they're loosely tied to movies like this. Like brain I think control. I think I've seen it and I just didn't like it. Maybe. Yeah. It's it's like a Louisiana voodoo hoodoo magic. Okay. That kind of okay. horror. Yeah. Um but anyway, yeah, this movie is listed as horror, sci fi mystery, which I agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um hour and thirty three minutes, like we said. Some other thing had a runtime of uh an hour and 28 minutes. So uh, right around an hour and yeah, a half. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I watched it for free on HBO Max. Me too. Um, reviews. I uh, got a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, which ain't good. Mm-mm. What, but better than the Lazarus Effect? Because remember last week, the Lazarus Effect was only 15%. So it's like, yeah, I don't that's... know what these people on Rotten Tomatoes are <laughs> 
whatever. And that's why I wanted to do this <laughs> podcast because I don't trust anybody else's movie reviews. Yes. Yeah, like you guys don't know what you're talking yeah. about. You don't know a good movie. Uh, <laughs> 75% of Google users liked, there you go, about a C. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's what uh, yeah yeah budget of fifteen million box office of seventeen point five million so oof mm. but that's interesting to me why the budget was so high because yeah, I feel there like there wasn't really a lot of no, effects or anything no there wasn't really a lot of effects at all like and there was like okay this a few different maybe scenes I mean the only thing I could think of like extras, the actors yeah. they were kind of I don't yeah because. I think Katie Holmes at this point was probably like a big deal, I guess. Ninety eight. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, overall, I would, I would suggest this for someone who likes movies like um, it's like a Stepford Wives invasion of the Body Snapper Snatchers mm-hmm. Type, mm-hmm. type deal. I, yeah, yep, liked it. <laughs> Not my favorite movie ever, but you know, it's just one of it was those fun classic nineties yeah horror movies. Uh-huh. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it again, so. All right. Well, so yeah, I guess we already know what movie we're going to be doing <laughs> next week. So, um, yeah. So go out there, watch the faculty, get ready to discuss it with us. Um, Kayla better be Kayla on the pod next week because she said that she wanted to talk about that one with us, right? Oh yeah, she specifically said she wanted to do the faculty. So Kayla, we're holding you okay, to it, well, girl. No excuses. So we'll Josh have... Hartnett. Get your Josh Hartnett Whew. in. We're yeah. He was. <laughs> He, he was so the thing hot. back in the day. He's oh, still man. so hot. Oh, my God. I haven't seen him lately. But I, well, I'll have to see how old he was in the faculty. So he was like, like the next Keanu Reeves <laughs> for like us 90 babies. Like, <laughs> all right. he was well, over 18, so we can gush about him I'm a sure. I, it was, it's, I think they were all like in their 20s <laughs> okay, in that gosh. movie, too. So, all right. With well, that, Elijah we Wood, too. Oh, yeah. He was in before, that movie. Before uh, his Lord of the Rings. Who was the main girl exciting. in that movie? I can't remember. Um, Jordana Brewster's in it, and then the girl. I I swear, I always think that's your celebrity doppelganger. The um, she's in a bunch of movies in the nineties. She's got the the dark hair, the freckles. She always reminded me of you. That's funny. I don't remember her name though. Mm, hold on, I'm gonna look it up right now because I'm. <laughs> John curious. Stewart's in it. How do you spell the? F- I can't spell. F a c u l t y. I found it. <laughs> I yeah. I'm not stupid, I swear. I, I know things. Dude, when I'm put on the spot, I don't know how to do anything. We were playing Yahtzee last night, and I had to use my calculator to... <laughs> so I had everything up, because I'm like, this is too much pressure, I can't do it. Oh, maybe I don't recognize any of these girls in it. Um, well, you said... What is it? Jord- Jordan- Jordana? Jordana Brewster. She's in, like, the Fast and Furious Clea franchise. Clea Duvall? Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Clea Duvall. She reminds me of you. <laughs> Okay, I'll take it. It's a compliment. Oh, she was in The Grudge? <laughs> oh, yeah! Hmm. All right. All right, we'll get off of here. <laughs> we'll, we'll quit just rambling. Okay. All righty. So, yeah, with that, we will see you guys next time here in the graveyard. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rise From Your Grave podcast. Make sure you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. See you next time here in the graveyard.